Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Let us go back to the time when the Son of God had become the Son of Man. Born of the seed of the Holy Spirit, Jesus experienced the full human condition. He willingly became one of us to reconcile and renew all of his creation. In Jesus' humanity, his life, death and resurrection, he begins the new covenant. It was time. His hour to drink the cup of human suffering had come. Before he was about to suffer at the hands of humanity, he sat down with the twelve apostles to have his last Passover with them. To those of Jewish lineage, the Passover was very special. It was the time when all those of Jewish lineage would celebrate that moment in human history when God delivered their forefathers out from slavery under the Egyptians. This Passover, however, would be very different. It would mark one of the most sacred moments in human history. As Jesus sat down with the twelve apostles to share their last meal together, he began to speak. Let us go to Luke's account of this special moment of intimacy and rawness, one verse at a time. Luke, chapter 22, verse 15. Then he said to them, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus expresses his fervent desire to have this last supper with them. A fervent desire is an intensity of longing that comes from deep within. For it was in the love of the Father that Jesus came, from the deepest part of the Father's heart. Jesus came from heaven to earth. In his divinity, He knew what he was about to suffer. Jesus, in his humanity, was about to sacrifice his life for all humanity. But before he was about to be betrayed by one of the twelve, he fervently desired to eat his last Passover with them. Let's continue. Verse 16. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The Passover was and is a beautiful expression of God's power and character. It is to remind the Jewish people of that night when God brought them out of bondage to freedom. That night they were to sacrifice a lamb. After the sacrifice, they were to put the blood of the sacrificial lamb on their doorposts. This was a sign that death had already occurred in their household. 
So when the angel of death saw the blood on the doorposts, death passed over that household. All those households that did not sacrifice a lamb and put the blood on their doorposts were effectively aligning themselves with the gods of Egypt and the judgment of death that was upon them. As a result, death came to their firstborn. So the Passover remembers and celebrates that night when the ancient Israelites were passed over from death to life, from bondage to freedom. Centuries later, Jesus came to be the complete sacrifice for humanity. So all who were willing would be passed over from eternal death to eternal life and from eternal bondage to eternal freedom. Eternal life and freedom that is complete, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally. So in his last Passover, Jesus states, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. For the fulfillment of the Passover will be when all who have received Jesus' sacrifice and right to rule and reign throughout the ages has done so. Then at that moment, the trumpet will sound and Jesus will return in all his glory. We, together with all those who have received God's right to rule and reign, will sit down at King Jesus' table. We will participate in the royal banquet like a marriage supper with Jesus for all eternity. We will be together physically with Jesus, where we will celebrate the fullness of his kingdom, where we will live for eternity in a continual love feast of communion with Jesus and the Father. Until that time, Jesus and the Father wait. They wait with open arms, and together with the Spirit, his people say, Come, all who are willing, come and receive him and his sacrifice and his right to rule and reign. Verses 17 to 18. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Jesus took the cup full of the juice of the fruit of the vine and gave thanks. Thanks to the Father in heaven. Everything Jesus said, thought, and done, and will do, points to his Father, our Father, in heaven. So the Father and the Son did everything together. Father, Son, and Spirit created. One God, one Spirit. At the beginning of time itself, they conversed amongst themselves and decided out of their selfless love, perfect love, to make humanity both male and female. Together they said, we will give humanity free choice to choose us and choose life 
or to reject us and choose death. Together they bring the fullness of their kingdom. And when the fullness of God's kingdom has come, evil will be totally eliminated. We will receive our resurrected, glorified bodies, bodies that never get sick, never wear out, and never die. We will physically be together with our glorious Father and Lord Jesus Christ, living for eternity in his new heaven and new earth. Together with all of his renewed creation, we will declare he alone is worthy of our life, our heart, and our praise. To him is all the glory, honour, and power, now and forevermore. Amen. Verse 19 And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the Passover, the unleavened bread was to be eaten as a memorial of the haste in which God delivered the ancient Israelites from the bondage of slavery of Egypt. The unleavened bread also symbolizes the sincere and humble character of the living God. The unleavened bread was eaten with bitter herbs. These bitter herbs were used to remember the hardship and slavery of bondage and how the ancient Israelites cried out in anguish to God to deliver them. The Son of God was and is and is to come. The eternal voice who through him all things were created made himself of no reputation. He willingly became one of us to serve humanity. And in the form of a bondservant he came. In the eyes of humanity, he came as the lowest form of humanity to serve all of humanity. Jesus identified himself with humanity's bondage and slavery to their selfish desires, death and evil. Yet unlike humanity, he never succumbed to it. In his divine character, he willingly gave up his life to drink the full cup of human suffering. Knowing he will be betrayed by one of those closest to him, he would be rejected by his own tribe. Knowing all this, he still willingly came and became one of us. He knew that he would not only be tortured, publicly ridiculed and falsely accused, but would experience the most shameful and excruciating death devised by humanity. He also knew it was God's good pleasure and will to be the sacrifice for us. The Father, Son and Spirit personally would bring eternal salvation to humanity, for they knew it was the only way for us to be truly free. So Jesus said, 
This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So every time we break the bread and pour the juice, in memorial of who Jesus is and what he has done, we also remember that he will do. In Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for us, he has delivered us from the bondage of slavery and our selfish desires, evil and death, but he also will return and fulfill all of his promises. Jesus gave up his life so we can truly live in this life journey and the next. Verse 20 Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Let us take a moment to reflect on this time in human history. The new covenant that God promised to bring centuries before is in Jesus' humanity. In his life, death, resurrection and ascension. Let us go back to the Old Testament prophecy. Centuries ago, before Jesus walked the earth as a man. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their forefathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbour and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. a new covenant that not only with those from Jewish lineage, but for every tribe and nation. A covenant of love and identity, sealed in Jesus' own human blood. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. A covenant of transformation and revelation, brought about by the Spirit of the Lord where each one of us lives in the reality of knowing and experiencing the living God. The new covenant is marked with Jesus' identity and brought into fulfilment by his Spirit. We are God's love letters. By his Spirit, he is writing his love story on our hearts and minds. Verse 22 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. A new covenant, where each one is equal and has the same importance in the fulfilment of God's kingdom. Every time someone says yes to Jesus, yes to God and his right to rule and reign, another chapter of God's love story is written. His story in our story, our story in his story. We are all ministers of the new covenant. As we surrender our self-will to that of the Father's will and take a moment to receive more of him, we are being transformed by him. We are his living letters to the world, his letters of love. As others see his transforming work in us, see his love deep in us, in our spirit, in our hearts and our minds, we are his testimony. Let us now read in Matthew's account about Jesus' last Passover. Matthew chapter 26, verses 27 to 28. When Jesus took the cup, he said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus' sacrifice of his human life is so that we can believe and receive our release from bondage and imprisonment of our selfish desires, the lies of the evil one, and fear of judgment. Jesus paid the cost for our freedom for all eternity. Our freedom cost God everything of himself. He placed the highest value upon every heart and mind to be part of his love story. It was and is his good pleasure to pay the cost for us so that we can believe and receive our freedom to be truly free. As that is God's heart's desire, that is the will of the Father, that is the will of the Son, that is the will of the Spirit, the three are one. So as we break the bread and pour the juice, let us take a moment to remember and proclaim our Lord Jesus' death till he comes. We, that is, everyone who has said yes to Jesus and received his sacrifice, are his testimony of the new covenant in his blood. Praise his mighty name. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name.